Welcome back, Elements. I hope you're doing well. Oh, where do I even start? <clears throat> well, remember when I I said in episode 32, Polar Bears versus the World, where I was like, hey, it's like 64 degrees in February, I was riding my bike. Yeah, well, I'm, I don't, I think I jinxed us. Texas as a whole, saying that it's 64 degrees in February, and then, boom, now it was 9 degrees. Try 9 degrees in February. How I would say, oh, you know, February is supposed to be cold, it's supposed to be freezing, and we're rolling with 64 degree weather, and then we go to 9. So, yeah. You know, I was excited because last Monday was supposed to be a Monday off for just all students, all teachers, and we were just supposed to take this Monday off. It was going to be really cool. Yeah, try a week. Try an entire week off. And I can say I was both really happy, really relieved, but kind of bittersweet in in both ways and this winter storm it came out of nowhere and I mean nowhere global warming yeah for those say it's a hoax well today was around the 70s and we had a whole week of freeze. And now it's in the 70s. That's Texas weather for you. So, two things. Two things I want to say. Number one, for those who said Texas was being overdramatic. No. No, 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 no. You take a state whose pipes can't withstand 98 degree weather that sometimes feels like 100 and you put them in 9 degree weather and it's only normal that pipes structures begin to deteriorate begin to explode I mean, they're overwhelmed with such a significant temperature drop. So it's only... It's normal that they were to explode. To best. Not to mention... People who've gone through 98 degree weather going to 9 degree weather. Our bodies aren't trained for that like people up north no our bodies are not trained to handle that much that freeze along with people's powers going out that's they are not able to withstand that so i personally don't feel like you're being overdramatic even though regardless that i am a texas citizen i mean come on I don't think people up north can take a heat wave of 98, feels like 100. 
Second, on a lighter note, we have hit 1,500 all-time, well, 1,500 plus all-time plays. I am stoked for, like, every other, every two episodes, I would say we always hit a point where we've hit a breaking point or a new a new number and every time I say it, I get super excited thank you so much I truly truly appreciate your support as always thank you thank you <laughs> so much you know and then being able to do this is podcast that I love to do every really every day because I even clock in whenever I clock in like this is a job I really let's just say clock in I clock in and I just check on the stats it's really fun doing these research it's really fun so I want to say thank you again and to ask you two questions what do you love to do i gave you a pause so you can answer it in the silence although i cannot hear you what do you love to do what i love to do is i like to hang out with my friends and my family listen to music of course ride my bike, play volleyball, I can go on and on and on, the list goes on and on and on, but what do you like to do? Another question, do, mm, question went out of my head, okay, there it is, (laughs) do you use what you love to do to change the world. I hope that's not confusing. But if it is, I would try to break it down some more, but I don't know if I would confuse you more. I'm gonna go take a shot at it. So whatever you love to do. For instance, let's say you like to read to little kids in the library. Let's say well, no, 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 no. Let's say you like to read. And then you take what you love to do and now uh, you read to little kids or anybody else. You, you do whatever you love. I just totally, totally like butchered this. I butchered it so bad. <laughs> But I'm going to keep going. Whatever you love to do, do you push whatever you love to do, God? And do you... Do you put it toward the environment? Do you use it to promote change or happiness? Do you use it to build up your community? You know? I'm going to leave you with those two questions. The second one I butchered, but 
I would say it is what it is, but I'm not going to. I kind of said it, but I'm not going to say it again. Anyway, without a further ado, we're going to get into it. It's Kayla. After a very, very long intro, let's get into it. James Baldwin, an African-American essayist, 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 novelist, poet, and playwriter, who used his passion of writing to illuminate his voice on sexual and racial issues. Now, he grew up in poverty in Harlem, New York, and was the eldest out of nine children. Now, from the age 14 to 16, he preached in a small revivalist church, and he wrote his first novel, Go Tell It on the Mountain There. Now, he left and went to go live in Paris, which I think is pretty cool, in 1948. And this was like the start of his self-discovery journey. You know, we all have that journey that pushes us to that event, that moment that pushes us to discover something about ourselves, whether it's moving to another country or city, state, or going to bed and waking up having a crazy dream and saying, I'm going to do this, whatever it is. But I find it really cool that he went to France and he discovered himself through his writing, something he loved to do. And it was in Paris where he discovered his affection toward men and women. Returning back to the States, Baldwin became an active participant in in the civil rights movement. Writing other books, one of many, called Another Country, which studied racial and sexual issues. Get this, the New York Magazine gave almost all of its issues to a long article by Baldwin on the topic of Black Muslim separatist movement and civil rights struggle in November 17, 1962. And in 1964, Baldwin wrote a play called Blues for Mr. Charlie which played on Broadway. And up to the very end, Baldwin did what he loved to do the most, and that was writing. He used something he loved doing the most, and he made it his passion, his drive for change, his drive but changed the world. He used writing to speak to the minds of people. That's what 
I really wanted to capture James Baldwin because he used something very close to him to not only discover who he was, but to advocate for other black people, for people in the LGBTQ rights community. And you can do the same thing. Now I'm not a writer. I'm forced to, I, you know, you gotta write a paper. But I'm not a writer, I don't, that's not my passion. You know, and I'm not gonna go in a big crowd and make people happy by singing or dancing. I'm not gonna do that. So, instead, I'm doing this podcast. And this is, yes, it's a little bit nerve-wracking but it's something that i love doing i know i'm reaching someone in the world i know someone's listening based off the all-time plays we've just reached so that's where i ask you what do you love to do and what you love to do are you putting that toward helping our society. In the past, I want to say three interviews with Balaji, DJ Impact, and Fenicio Andrews, the CEO of Elements Edits, the talented vocalist Balaji, the disc jack Jockey Malcolm. They're all doing what they love. But they are also changing the world. You don't have to get out there and be uncomfortable, highly uncomfortable, because this can be a little bit uncomfortable. Sharing your craft with the world, so we know how the world can be. But using your passion to help others. Taking what you feel so close to you and changing the world. Leaving you with that question. What is your passion? And how is it changing the world? And if you don't know what your passion is, find it. (laughs) Do something, find it. If you love to eat good food, then start learning how to bake. If you love to draw, don't do graffiti. We don't want you to get in trouble. But paint, show people. Make your own Instagram page about it. Sing. Do something. (sighs) Until then, as always, rise on elements.